Hello. What's good? What's good? What's good? Season two. What's good? We are back and better than ever, sort of, arguably. Hopefully. Um, I think every day you grow. Right. Or sometimes you um, plateau and then you grow. And that's where we're at. That's what we did. (laughs) (laughs) That was our journey. Uh, So, ooh, did you hear that? There was a giggle. Can we get that one more time? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys, season two, we're coming in hot because we have a very special freaking guest. Oh, wait, who are we? Hold on. (laughs) You know what it is. We're Ron Peaches. I'm Lily Karina. Who's the the newbie? We got male gaze on the deck. Hi, everyone. It's the male gaze on the pod. (laughs) We've searched far and wide throughout the universe to find the beacon and speaker of all male gays throughout the universe, and we found him. Happy Pride. (laughs) Happy Pride, male gays. (laughs) So, um, MG, male gays, full name, Mr. Gays. Mr. Male Gays. Mr. Gays, please. (laughs) Mr. Gays to you. Um, We are coming in hot with a guest because we're so excited about season two, and we couldn't think of kickstarting it off with the biggest fan of this movie that I could think of. Yes. And um, what movie is that? We're uh, going to go back all the way till 1993 till infinity, baby. We got Jurassic Park OG movie one. There we go. We got a big fan, Male Gaze. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Male Gaze is a big fan. Okay. So as mo- our listeners know, this is around the time that we do the synopsis. Miss mm-hmm. Carsala does synopsis. Usually my favorite. Yes. But Male Gaze, you will be selling this movie to us. I've never seen the movie before this. So Lily's sell first it. time. Yeah, We're going to get time. thoughts. Yeah. Truly. What a wonderful thing. Um, so Jurassic Park. Um, we follow the story of a few unfortunate souls who get roped into reviewing an exciting new park by a kooky old venture capitalist, and the park is revealed to be a glorified zoo of dinosaurs that have been brought back by mad scientists, and things go awry as systems start to fail. Oh my god, someone's trying to take my job. Yeah, that is, that was solid. 10 out of 10, snaps all around. Appreciate it. Okay, Jurassic Park. Yes. You've probably seen it. It's... Well, you know what? No, maybe not. Probably not. Probably they're, not they're, Lillian. Yeah. Um, maybe they're a Lily weirdo. Okay. Hit me with your first initial take in, your first taste okay. of the GP world. Mm. Also better known as Your Ass is Sick Park. Your Ass is Sick. Okay. 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 I will say. Colloquially. I walked in fully being a hater, kind of being like, this mm. CGI is going to look like shit. I'm going to. Oh, no, 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 no. I was, I was, my bar, the bar was on the floor for me. Full honesty, awesome. I was just like, it's was it gonna nin- be like a dad boring dinosaur movie? Yeah, or like I knew, like I guess like I just hadn't thought about it. I just thought it's like old movie. I was like, okay, how good could it be? Oh my god! Did it rock your world? Yes, honestly, like I was looking at it as like this is surprisingly well done, and oh, I yeah. guess like I'm, I will drop this a thousand times. I'm film student, so like I, I've studied Jurassic Park, so I know that it's because they used animatronics, animatron. There you mm-hmm. go. You know, you know. Yeah. Not CGI, and that's why it works so well. Practical effects. The, yeah. The, actually, I will say they used a combination. Yes, they did. Yes, they did, and obviously. that was a lot of to the success of the film. Wait, so, you're telling me the herds of dinosaurs <laughs> running towards me were not... all men stacked in costumes? Yeah, they laid every piece of fabric. But yeah. to head. <laughs> Just crammed in like a horse. Bad. <laughs> Male gaze, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, um, we will say, though, that... This film only has one leading lady that mm. we can say. Yes. Um, well, 
The ladies save the day. The ladies Both save the ladies day. save the day. So they, they might mm-hmm. not be leading the whole time, but they're no, they they're truck trucking. Leadership qualities. But this is a testosterone movie a little mm-hmm. bit. Yes. But I mean, we can speak to like the classic nature of this film. I mean, we can start back. You've read the books. I have not read the books, Male Gaze. Sure. Can you speak on that a little yes, bit? Yes, please. About. Okay. So we want like a quick comparison between yeah. the movies and the book? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Michael. Michael Crichton. Um, Michael Crichton, longtime sci-fi author, directed Westworld, yes. which I think is such a fun parallel. The 70s Westworld movie with Yul Brynner. It's like a Western amusement park where everyone can go live their fantasies. And similarly, things go awry. And there's like ethical issues. and Because the players in the park are robots created by the company. And, and you can rate them. You can shoot them. They have no memory of any of it. But there's something within their brain that doesn't roll back every night. So they're trying to have, create memories. There's a small minority of them who do hold on to some things that, mm-hmm. you know, these atrocities that were committed upon them by the humans that visit the park. And then the robots kind of turn <laughs> and take over the park, which is such a parallel between that and, you know, Dinosaurs. this creation that we've, you know, raised from, you know, from. Bio, like bionics or the biology of it mm-hmm. um and it comes up to eat your face off uh this isn't a visual media so y'all haven't seen this my eyes are like huge yes. right now cool that's parallel. wild so there's the movie that came out what in the westworld westworld the movie. 70s 70s and then there's the hbo series which i would say i only watched up to like season two and it's okay i feel like not everything needs to be a tv show no some, uh, it was mm. it was cool. It had a lot of money in it. That was a pretty good one. It was oh, you it like was that. great. I did. Okay. I fell off season three, but I. That's what I'm, but I'm saying I everyone really I know crazy. has fell off. Okay, let off. me sure, let me say this sure. better. TV shows don't need to last forever. They don't need six seasons. Some TV shows just need two. Yeah. Or one. Wrap it up. Let's talk about Dress Barker. Yes. yes. Oh, I also <laughs> want to mention that Michael Creighton. 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 Um. Also did Twister, which is one of my childhood favorite movies as well, as a person who was formerly terrified by um, weather systems. Sci-fi. He's a sci-fi and I, guy. I, I think I saw that when I was younger once, yes. and then it was around the same time when Tornado hit in Dallas, and I was yeah. just, I was so excited. I was Thrilling. like, yes. This was like Universal's glory days, because I did, as a child, my parents were like, let's splurge and take these kids to freaking Orlando, Florida. And we went to Universal, and this they had Twister, they had Jaws, they had... Um, Jurassic like it was just like what a glory time to be like these movies are made for like theme parks it felt like yeah totally Universal Studios please sponsor us we will take it gladly anyway back to Jurassic Park as mentioned earlier there is only one grown-up lady lead really and we only other than her I don't think we see any women at all True. there's the child we have Lex no, we have a girl the a child girl. because that is what like a 12 year old 13 year old so hot take mm-hmm. quick things talking about the ladies um, between the book and the movie, mm-hmm. in the book, Ellie Sattler is just a graduate student studying under Dr. Alan Grant. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they... She's a doctor. She's a doctor. Yes, they're she colleagues. She's a peer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that is one thing. And another thing that I really liked about the movie originally before I'd read the book was that um, it's an older sister and a younger brother. And I have an older sister, and so that was kind of a nice, like it was a relatable thing. Yeah. But in the book... It's an older brother, a younger sister, but they're like six and four, which mm. just oh. adds to the whole like horror. Children. Just oh no, they're the babies. Absolute just like inhumanity of it all that these two like 
preschoolers, kindergartners would be caught in such a oh dangerous and hopeless situation. It I, really adds to the whole. And okay, I mean, I'm I, reading Jurassic Park now. I learned this today that the second Jurassic Park book was written in response because of the movie's success for mm. the first movie. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was originally only one book, and then he wrote a second one because of the movie was so popular. Well, we keep talking about that there's a book written by Michael Crichton. Crichton. And he actually had a he wrote the screenplay for mm-hmm. yes. this movie. So the all these decisions that were made to make uh, Laura Dern's character, Ellie, become a colleague, the older sister that's a, mm-hmm. a, a computer geek person. Yep. Like he was, he played a hand in those. And right. I think that's mm-hmm. growth at its finest. I mean, it was the perfect combination of Creighton and Spielberg. And yeah. I think with like the cinematic success and then also having an excellent book and story to follow, like, there was no way this wasn't going to be like a hit classic. Well, let's talk about um, Ellie Satter, Sattler? Sattler. Sattler. Mm-hmm. I think Ellie Sattler, played by Lauren Dern. Doctor. 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 You're, oh, yes, she, she is a that. doctor. She is a, hold on, let me see if I can figure, figure this out, a paleo, paleo botanist. Yep. botanist. So she studies plants of different eras. Olden days. Oh, so that's the why olden days. The, the ancient. Right. Where so Dr. Grant's like... just a paleontologist. He studies like bones and bodies oh. and things. She's the, the plant life. Butterfly that's hands. my butterfly. Butterfly hands. Yes. So, badass woman. And I think that's one of the, I read an article that, about women. And I guess there's apparently a thing online where there's a, I want to say it's the Washington, I don't know, some article, the West something. What they do is they they go through fictional movies and look at women in STEM and rate them based off of their own like Ooh. little thing on mm-hmm. um, like the how criteria. The, yeah, their own criteria and like the how the women are depicted within STEM and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and like this movie did really good doing it. They showed like different characters and different fields mm-hmm. of of STEM and her like she's not like super like a whatever. Oh my God! Tell me one more again. A paleo. Paleobotanist. Like, that's not something you really hear often sure. when it it's comes to... It's a like, specific field. Exactly. And, like, she's, like, the best in her field. Mm-hmm. And, like, we actually see her identifying things, like, on the spot and, right. like, doing she, the yeah. dirty work. Like, that's impressive she, and not super common in She fiction. feels pretty on par to, like, Dr. Grant. Like, yeah. yes. He, he regularly questions and asks her for her advice. They communicate without, like, any weird power dynamics or structures. Yeah. And my favorite part about this is that we as an audience maybe like would like to think that there's something romantic about them just because of like them together. But I, I like that that was never like a point of tension. She was never distracted by like her feelings towards him or if there's moments where she needed to like exhibit leadership qualities, it wasn't because she had to rescue him because she had feelings for him. It was like for the sake of our team for like survival, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about this now. She's very rarely, there's only one time that I can think of that she's actually emotional in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Other she's than that, super, she's like, super just like head in the game. This needs to be done, and I'm gonna do it because no one else can do it. Or you know, she's really gung ho. She's very adventurous. Um, but yeah, only one when she's like limping off, and the phone stuck to her leg, and like she oh, yeah. twisted her ankle. Like all of this, she's being chased by a raptor. Like that's a time to be emotional. I but will that's the say only time. that's a perfect time to bring it up. I will say people um, recovered from their injuries fairly quickly in this <laughs> movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Like 
literally uh, I, it was that and when the little kid got like electrocuted on mm-hmm. the fence yeah so like they're like limping in one scene and then the next scene they're like running perfectly fine he had like a mild heart attack and concussion and it's yeah. like ready to go baby but that's adrenaline yeah that is adrenaline <laughs> that is adrenaline i guess like a, survival a t-rex chasing after you i would like to say for my one fun fact for karina's semester of anthropology <laughs> t-rexes didn't exist during the jurassic park time i mean jurassic era Oh, because that era is like a long time, yes. right? The T-Rex uh, existed in the Cretaceous period, not Jurassic. Dinosaurs are fucking cool. I recently oh, discovered that like Jurassic, like how we're shown dinosaurs in the Jurassic Park world mm-hmm. isn't how they actually look in real life or like how we sure. have always thought that they look, that they might be feathered. Like, yeah. Like the Dr. Grant kept saying like they're a lot more in par with like birds than they are with reptile so they are a little they might be feathered and stuff like that i wore my planet shirt to um express the comet hitting earth and the how would you escape a comet is if you could fly flying birds birds uh ancestors to dinosaurs okay and one other thing is that michael crichton kind of like all of his books that he's done like they're all sci-fi and he does really extensive research on biology and Mm -hmm nuclear physics for some of them and a he lot went of to them harvard. he went to harvard um but Smart. this one especially had like before its time predictions or like educated guesses on what dinosaurs actually looked like mm. and he was like one of, i think i could be talking just total bullshit mm. um but he was one of the first to like kind of reveal that dinosaurs had feathers and in the book at least um, raptors were more honest to their true form, which is like they were about that's 50 not. pounds and as big as turkeys. And that's the way they're depicted in the book. But Steven Spielberg had to make them scarier. Yeah. And so um, I read that um, Steven Spielberg wanted to make them much bigger. He wanted to make them like 10 feet tall. Um, and that the kind of human-sized raptor was a bit of a compromise. And then during shooting, they found some raptor skeleton in Utah that revealed it to be like this specific raptor to be nine feet tall. And Spielberg was like, see, we could have gone that route. But yeah, they were too far shooting or something. That's so cool to me. I mean, honestly, though, I'm terrified of like fucking ducks. So I'm like, you know, I'm like a tiny ass thing is still scary as shit to me. I think, what was it? Like the the, um, oxygen content in our like breathing systems determine how big things can get exactly so like there was a higher amount of oxygen or nitrogen in the air during this time and so like bugs and animals oh yeah everything was huge back then right and so like our air levels are different now and so that's why like things have like a maximum height capacity well Mm. real quick before we get back on topic that's why there's like theories that like i keep saying that i'm sorry is that like some of like our mountains and stuff like that look like a snake went through them or like something big just has gone through them so there's like mythologies that say that mm-hmm. there was like giant creatures that used to roam our earth and make crater like not, holes and shit not far from the tooth yeah likely. i believe from it tooth. from the tooth from the tooth no I, yeah and that's but like, i mean speaking of mountains like the landscape and like just the cinematography part of this film like i knew it was filmed in the dominican republic in hawaii and hawaii Hawaii and Costa Rica. So, mm-hmm. like, in three different locations. Oh, wow. Even Tropical. though it's based off of an, an island outside of Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. But, like, just the the sweeping landscapes. And we talked about this with a friend. Like, the coloring of the film mm-hmm. was really nice because everything was so green and lush. But it wasn't, like, 
oversaturated on your eyes. Like, yeah. everything was a nice balance. And we watched a really cool video about why the filming of this was so successful because of, like, um, anything that you got, like, emotionally from the film was, like, from the dynamics of the camera work rather than, like, the dialogue. Like, the, mm-hmm. the story itself is so solid. But, like, the, the speaking roles for each other... Well, they're scientists. They're very dry, very right. analytical. It was right, right. it was mostly a bunch of facts being thrown around mm-hmm. rather than like. But yeah, the emotion and yeah. the fear came from like the camera work, and they talked about like the scaling and the framing of the film was why it was so successful. You know, like everything was either really large scale to show proportion or really dramatic tight shots. So mm-hmm. that was something that like going back now watching with my adult eyeballs, I could appreciate a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um. Look at us, season We're two. We're growing. We're doing so much better. <laughs> you, I mean, you made a good comment, and I just have to bring it back to the book. I know we should mm-hmm. be talking about the movie. No, but that's okay. It makes me think of the book um, that the scientists were kind of drier, and the more dynamic characters in Malcolm, in you know Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum, and Hadi McGotty, John Hammond, Wood are the more animated characters. Mm-hmm. In the book, they both die. Mm. like the clowns get it yeah and in the book john hammond plays the part of the impervious like hubristic Mm -hmm. i don't know like very cocky um like confident to a fault old man who time and time again puts people in harm's way for the pursuit of his endeavor so he's like Mm -hmm. Even though the Jeeps have failed and even though the power's out and even though I've lost my grandkids, there's still hope. And he holds out hope to the very last that they'll be able to recover the park, get all the dinosaurs back in their pens, and, you know, get it back up to a level that people could come and visit. He ends up getting fucking eaten at the end of it. Mm. Bleep me out. Sorry about it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, he ends up getting eaten at the end of it. Ian Malcolm as well sustains heavy damage in that initial like whatever it is the fall right um and gets progressively worse they hop him up on morphine um and he basically dies in a morphine coma at the very end oh my god because he's just bled out and he's high as hell which makes sense well or at the end of the film obviously like he makes it onto the helicopter and we're believed to see another day Mm -hmm. which speaking about well he's the main character in the third one isn't he I've in, never in the second. The so second he's the main character in the second. And mm-hmm. I think it was his popularity in the movie. It's like one of the last things we read in the book is that he dies. It might be the last sentence. Mm-hmm. And then the first opening of the second book is Ian Malcolm wakes up from his six-month coma. And so oh. he was killed and presumed dead with Until... all the air quotes. Mm-hmm. And then I think was such a popular character that Michael Crichton was like, okay, let's do a movie or a book about him. Um and he basically resurrects him mm-hmm. for I mean, the lost world. This is why I love fiction. Yeah. I love fiction for that reason. I was like, we killed someone off? Just kidding. Undo. Yeah, had me going there, Michael. I will say about Dr. Malcolm to bring it back to Miss Laura Dern, Miss mm. Dr. Sattler. The one part that I didn't, and this was like very picking at straws because I do feel like she was pretty successful throughout the whole film. Um, the only like romantic parts of it was Dr. Um, Malcolm like interacting with her and like flirting with her and I didn't like that she was perceived as like naive that she wasn't picking up on his like tricks and that Dr. Grant had to like rescue protect her from from um Malcolm's pursuits male gaze I think that speaks more to his charm than to her naivete 
Mm. It was Ooh. to show his character rather than what she Absolutely. didn't see. Yeah, it's I, I like did... she reacted that way because she was the only woman in the room. Yeah, any woman, regardless of education or experience, would have acted that way because he was who he was. Yeah, male gaze. I think. It, yeah, I piggybacking off that off of that is more like knowing what we know now about like how men react to um, being rejected and stuff like that. It could just be her being like, I'm just going to be friendly oh. just so that this weekend goes nicely. And Fair enough. she might just be like, because be I do that. Us. I've done that playing before him. where I'm just like, I'm going to pretend like I don't know what you're doing just to get out of the situation. Oh, car sound is Never, opposite. never spare a man's feelings. No, yeah. no, I, I, I know. I mean, but that's. But it's the '90s too. You know what true. I mean? Like yeah, sometimes it's like. I know she wasn't gonna be like back up, bitch, and like fight him because yeah. he's t- being. Sure. She could have also just hair, found it you know? amusing. Too. Sure, she, she could have liked it. I don't know. This was yeah. this was Karina's interpretation it of like. Interpret. Of, but like you don't need it. Like you're a doctor. Like you wouldn't twirl Doctor Grant's hair. Like if I'm peer, peer me out. Yeah, yeah, fair. We're, well, we're on a job. We are also shown that he's not—he's like the rock star in the yeah. scientific yeah. industry. He looks at it different. Right. He's different. Oh, it's yeah. speaking to his character so that he can get his kermuppets later, right? And kermuppets, kermuppets, right? Isn't that the word? Kermuppets. You said kermuppets. Kermuppets is the word. Kermuppets. Ker. Comeuppance, like a come up, <laughs> comeuppance, two peas, comeuppance. You went from like a slight smile to like serious, like comeuppance. She has to know she's wrong. I love her. <laughs> that the out. male gaze is. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk! This one over here goes. You get your one hug per year. <laughs> I've had ten in the last week. Yeah, I'm feeling generous. Aww. Anyway, um, um oh. <laughs> Should we almost assume? I did learn a fun fact. Okay. Um, that Dr. John Hammond, whom I was... Doctor? Yeah, he's a Dr. Cool. John Hammond. I, I was him for Halloween last year. <laughs> and I will be putting pictures on our Instagram. So you got to go yes, follow yes, our Ron yes, Peaches yes, yes. on Instagram. <laughs> and you will see my freaking Halloween costume that all of my friends bailed out on. Spared no expense. I spared none. The the fight I had to find a white beard at a spirit <laughs> Halloween on the day of Halloween. You did really well. was intense. Anyway, Dr. John Hammond's brother in real life is David Attenborough, who does the voiceovers for like Planet Earth and Blue Planet and things like that. Oh, that's I I can see that. Sir he has David the voice. Attenborough. Sir. Yeah. Lord. Well, one of the things I really loved about this movie is how uh, typical gender roles in films were flipped. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jeff Gold- Goldblum's character Ian Malcolm mm-hmm. became the damsel in distress. Ooh, yeah. Yes, and Alan Grant, Sam Neill, became the caretaker to the two kids. And yes. she like went off on her own to go like do the thing and day. save everybody. Damn day. Yeah. When the men could not. Yeah, they, they could not do it. Time and time again failed, yeah. and she hoisted them up. Yeah. Exactly, because it could have been so easy for them to just be like, we're here, we're going to wait for them to come to, for Grant, Dr. Grant to come back, and mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. But she was like, fuck no, I'm on my own. And... Honestly, other than uh, John Hammond, Hammond, mm-hmm. that one time, like being like, "Are you sure you can hold a gun and like go turn the power she back on?" She should have shot him in the toe. Honestly, at that moment, like I don't know, can I, Doctor Hammond? But like, other than don't that put one me in time, <laughs> no, was ready to fight everyone. <laughs> I don't know, John. Can I? But other than that one time, like no one blinked an eye at her. 
her intelligence. No, they were like, expertise. please, we need she to solve her, the issue. She was elbow deep in that Yes, poop. dude. Yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. Yet there was a scene where they find a Tyrannosaurus. No, what is uh, it? Stegosaurus. 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 Sick. And she's like, we're going to figure it out by going into the poo-poo. And she, like, puts on gloves and goes elbow Me, deep. She's not afraid to get I, her hands I, literally dirty. Can I say I was eating a black bean taco during that scene <laughs> and I wanted to die? <laughs> I took a bite and I was like... Because <laughs> she was just elbow poop. Oh, sound oh, guy? We yes. got a sound guy. Wow, two men on the pod. Real quick, wasn't that a triceratops? Not a stegosaurus? Oh, thank you. Oh, you're uh, so right. Stegosaurus has the plates on its back. Yeah. Look, I'm a Jurassic Park fan, not a dinosaur expert. Oh, sorry. So. We, we were you. wrong. The men thank had you, to correct you, us. Sound guy. Don't let it happen again, then. <laughs> Check no. yourself. Know your place. <laughs> well, I'm going to yeah. get a doctor's degree just to be referred to as Dr. Salad. Next time you guys come into the pod room, it's going to be like full of all the dinosaurs and like what they're called. <laughs> so we, just so we know. No. We got another friend who mm-hmm. can do that for you. Um, all right. What are some other thoughts that you had uh, watching this? That Laura Dern is a god. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love I, her. I only think of her in two roles. This movie and Big Little Lies. Same. Is she in something <laughs> else? I'm sure she is. Uh, she didn't have a 20-year gap, I don't think. But yeah. We she don't definitely... know her life. True. But I just, I love sitting between the most... Oh, she was in Little Women. She had cameos in The Lost World. She was in Little Women. Mm-hmm. She was in Little Women. Did you ever see... And Star um, Wars? Yes, in the last one, she takes over. Uh, yeah, I couldn't even tell you, but she's got purple hair. She's got purple hair. Oh, I saw that. Purple That's the one Star Wars movie you know I've seen. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, yes. and Poe is like, you're wrong, and takes over whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's in The Fault in Our Stars, October Sky. <laughs> the Farts in Our Sharks. Our she's in Little Fuckers. Wow. She has range. I love her. Range. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. I will not not be rich. Mm-hmm. Love that for her. Oh, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is in this. What the fuck is that about? Who's just smoking a cig like nobody's business. Time. Like just 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 like pulling and typing and stressed. And I love seeing like the technology in '93 and like what yeah. coding looks like oh, and like yeah. mapping of the park. And oh yeah. So many breakout cool roles in this. I always get Dr. Grant. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Always confused with Paxton and um, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. The three. Those three. I always get confused with each other. We mentioned her. I want to talk about Lex, I believe her name is, Mm -hmm. a little girl. So she. Lex Murphy. Yes. So she is, like we mentioned earlier, about 13 when she's in the park. She's 43 years old now. Oh my God. People uh, age. They grow. (laughs) Okay, you're done. Okay. (laughs) It's just. Peaches. I'm sorry. Back to peaches. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that much time has lapsed. I do have to ask my um, pod question every time. Lily, how old were you when this movie came out? Oh, my out? God. I was, uh, what was this, ne- 93? Negative, negative six. I was ne- negative seven. Wow. I was 99, so negative six. Negative six. Negative six. Quick math. Was, uh, you're good. Thank you. Um, oh, are you negative two? I was negative two. It's negative two. No gaze. Mm. As the elder of this pod. <laughs> Um, okay, but, I would I just quick points about the book. Um, in the book, uh, Tim is still like huge dinosaur nerd oh, to that. the point of being obnoxious, and you can really tell like in the that, movie they they bring it up. Yeah, absolutely. And that that relationship that he has with Alan Grant is like one of the endearing fan um, or the adoring fan, but also one that like 
Alan Grant's not. He even mentions it. He doesn't like kids. They smell. Yeah. And all those things. What um, he didn't get the job to be with kids. They highlight Annie. the relationship. <laughs> they highlight the relationship of Lex, Lex and Tim's parents that like they are they're long time separated and it's oh. like a contentious relationship. Mm. And Lex takes after her father and she's like a huge tomboy. She at four years old on the book. Yeah, okay. and she like has a glove and a baseball and like Aww. only wants to play catch and like hurts the lawyer guy's hand when they stop for the triceratops, um, like or er, not turd. the lawyer guy, but uh, there's a third who the Australian. Um, no, Spare not no Muldoon. No, there's a third. Um, I guess he's like a sixth guy in the mix, but he's a PR guy. Oh. Um, named Ed somebody. And he's only in the book. You don't see him in the movie. Um, and he dies instead of the lawyer. Oh. In the movie, the the lawyer, I think, yes, he makes dies it like out. immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. The lawyer dies. In the same way, this PR guy who was like not at all equipped to be doing zooey things um, meets a very swift death as a coward who abandoned the kids in the car. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So. What was also the fun fact you told me about Dr. Henry Wu in Jurassic World? His like request to be. Oh, yeah, Henry Wu. So wh- uh, what's his name, his real name? B.D. Wong. Okay, B.D. Wong. Um, he comes back and is in uh, Jurassic World as Henry Wu. Um, and I think after that role, mm, only wanted to be cast as a gay man. Because he is gay in real life. Oh. And I think it's, I mean... True. He wanted to play true to character. He wanted yeah. to be true to character. And so the next thing that I, and the only other thing I can think of him being in was Bird Box. And in Bird Box, it was his house that they all stayed in. And before Sandy Bullock brings the kids in or whatever, um, his partner has just left the house and like committed suicide because Bird oh. Box. And he like plays this gay man, and that's what he wanted. He just wanted to oh. be, uh, you know, someone more true to to him, his identity. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a that's a cool fun fact. Yeah, peach Henry fact. Mm-hmm. Peach Buzz fact. Our guest of the peach won't. fact. No gays. No gays. That's enough. um but i did i i was thinking because i had watched jurassic world kind of recently there's seven freaking franchise jurassic films gonna be seven about to be seven yeah another i want to watch the world ones i hate chris pratt though so i don't know but i love bryce dallas howard running in heels and all white oh her i love her she's i love her so much ron howard's daughter ron howard's daughter i don't know who ron howard i know early i don't know names i probably if i google him hold on Ginger. Another ginger. Um, yeah. I will say the the comparison between the two, like I'm far, I don't know if it's nostalgia, but it's also just the way that it's filmed, far more likely to watch Jurassic Park than World World. It's well, just like... Her character... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's Finish okay. Your I'm sorry. Um, just like the, the filming of it was made to be like a box office hit and it's mm-hmm. just like not as dynamic as the other like we watched it's way more palatable than right. the parks mm. parks looking back like i remember well, watching these from like consciousness like i i remember watching these when i had babysitters and my babysitters who hadn't seen the movies were like your parents let you watch this it's violent oh, well, yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's rough. a it's a horror movie and looking back i was like i was into this I mean, I'm more into it now, but I was so into this when I was like five, six, seven. I should not have been. No, <laughs> I, I should mean, not have been. It is what it is. It's okay. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm trying to think of like, because it's such a kid's movie, but on the 
farthest end of the spectrum, it's just not. It was the 90s. I think that's what it is. It was the 90s. We it's saw... a thriller horror chasing scene that like the I, I equated to like Scream or like a home in like a home invasion movie. Like they're being chased and trapped in confined spaces. Yeah. And yeah, it's like a, it's a it's a that's a great way to put it. It's a thriller with a really good story. Right. Yeah, and the killer's the dinosaur. I also yeah. enjoyed. Shame. I like Shame. one of the things I really enjoyed watching it is that like it. It gets going. I don't know how to explain this properly, but I remember, like when the end happened, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's the end. Like there isn't really like an ending to it. Like it they just dipped. Mm-hmm. It, like the dinosaurs are still there. The like the park is like the embryos are still somewhere. Mm-hmm. I was just like that. Oh shit! I don't know. I just thought that that was it's a, a it's interesting a good ending for yeah. sure. It picks up really quick. Okay, so I'm I'm remembering cool things from the book. Um. In before, okay, so between the kind of siege of headquarters and them escaping, there's a whole storyline of Alan Grant um, finding out that not only have raptors escaped, but they're breeding in the park. And he finds this kind of underground garage where he, like, there's a herd of raptors that are just chilling. Life um, finds a way. Life finds a way. Lesbian dinosaurs. And I love that. Because <laughs> all the dinosaurs are ladies. Dude, the, Women representation. The, 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 I saw this, um, I, re- I was reading this article. I'll say it real quick so yeah. you can keep going. No, that. Cool. I read this article where it was like, this movie's super feminist. All the dinosaurs were girls. I Truly. was like, great. <laughs> well, not. They were all born. They're born. Like, female, biologically. Yeah. And then, um, adapt. And then adapt. Yeah. Yeah, because of the frogs. And and there's also another like side storyline, which I just think is so cool. Um, initially when they have the binoculars and they're just kind of peering around, um, I think Tim keeps a pair. And so they have the binoculars with them while they're trying to make their way back to the the big hut. And um Lex and Tim see two little turkey-sized dinosaurs meant to be raptors hop on the um or maybe it's three of them they hop on the ship before the ship takes off right and so this ship that is now carrying raptors is on its way to the mainland and then systems fail and they can't call the ship and so not only is it a fight to like get back to safety and get to some sort of normalcy where you can you know lock up behind you but it's also getting comms back up so that they can stop the ship fast enough before it you know it's only like a i think the ship was going to make it there by daylight and then it's the night of trying to get the phones back up i need to read this book dude i need to read this This has definitely encouraged me to want to read it okay i love this Mm. anything else Mm. anybody if you haven't watched it in a while, it's such a fun Watch it again. throwback. I mean, so many iconic scenes of life finds a way. And, like, we haven't even mentioned, like, the scene of the cup where, like, the water vibrates. Oh, and yeah. It's done, like, a, you know, done it's, a time it, and time again. It's referenced in so many films. Both Wait, that's TV where that shows. came from? Yes, ma'am. It's from Jurassic Park. Like, it to me, it's, wow. like, our version of, like, Jaws and, like, the violin music and, like, that, that, um. Cello. The cello, excuse me. Chilo. Um they just just of like an iconic totally. suspenseful like dread and doom <laughs> that's been replicated in well, so many different media forms. I like I said, like I'd never seen it, but I think at one point in my life I saw part of the kitchen scene. 
Oh, and I yes. have had so it's the kitchen scene. Yeah, you know the exactly kitchen scene. I saw that at one point in my life, and like to now, my adult age, I have like nightmares occasionally because because I saw it at such a young age, right. and I only saw it that one time. So that, my brain was like, "We're same. gonna we're That's gonna the part do things that with it." Truly, this. truly scared me. Yeah, because it's. You know, you're not in the jungle. Mm-hmm. You're in a place that's supposed to be yeah. friggin' safe. As an adult, though, I'm just kind of like, you guys could have hidden in a drawer. You're tiny. That <laughs> situation could have been avoided. Sure. <laughs> Fill the sink up with water. I don't know. Hop in underneath. Don't <laughs> Hold be smelled. your breath. Don't be smelled. Bad. But also, I'd like to think that, like, these guys got peanut brains. And, like... I know that I I know they're like intelligently designed to like hunt and pursue, but also like walnut brain. How far is he gonna really? No, ma'am. Not these raptors. These raptors are supposed. I'm talking T Rex mostly. Okay. Of like big boy, how long is he really down to hunt? Well, I think what happened is, and it's kind of addressed in the movie actually, is that they were deprived from their instinct to hunt. They were fed Mm. goats. Yes, and it's like something I was telling Sound Guy when we were watching it is like. You didn't have to tie up the goat right there. Just like let the goat roam and yeah. the, the T-Rex more for the entertainment. Yeah. Of but it was the suspense of we never got to see really what was eating it. We were left with like blood. And yeah, I, that that scene more than any other in my childhood brain was the goat scene where I was just like, like what? <laughs> yeah. But so that anyway. Yeah. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. It's action. It's story. It's suspense. It's cool, like, very scientifically sound theories and ideas. I mean, you talked about the book having a really, like, compelling um, argument for evolution. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, um, in the car sometime on the way to the Triceratops, or on the way back. Um, Triceratops. Triceratops. Um, Ian Malcolm has this, like, I think it's, like, a whole chapter dedicated to him talking about how life finds a way. Mm-hmm. And it's the most compelling argument for evolution that I've ever heard. And I think it's done so eloquently because Michael Crichton is used to this really kind of stylistic making um, science speak palatable. He's to... interpreting biology. Absolutely. Um, and is just so, so, so well done. If you read anything, read Ian Malcolm's um, little dialogue that okay. he has like in the smack middle of the book. I normally don't. I, as I've gotten older, I've veered away from reading books written by men, but I'm definitely going to read this one. I will say, um, if you venture into any other Michael Crichton books, um, the women are all written wrong. They're written young, they're written mm. hot, and they're written very emotional. Okay. Um, and so that's like something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. It's something that Michael Crichton does, um, but I think it was something that was definitely improved upon yes. in the I movie. I mean, this is a great way to show that he like learned from his mistakes and just like... I wonder if it was all him or if there was someone else. There's two screenplay writers. Okay. So it definitely, I'm not giving him all the credit, of course. We, for all we know, he could have been huffing and puffing the whole, <laughs> the whole time. I mean, I think that was such a choice to have Bryce Dallas Howard in Jurassic World as like the head of the park also. Sure. It was like maybe a, a response to this older movie. Well, yeah. I think Jurassic World, you come around to like brains versus brawn. Also sure. in Jurassic World, I will say the woman in it is just, it kind of goes back to the OG. She's just kind of there to be Chris Pratt's love Yeah, interest. I'm not, she's not like inspirational or aspirational, but she. That's the box office. We yeah, have the to make these office. two hetero characters yeah. fall in love. She's running through shit in heels, mm-hmm. so. Um, in all white. 
Anyway. <laughs> anyway. This is... is Jurassic Park. We are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our Rotten Peaches score. See ya, see ya. Bia, bia. And we're back. Hello. Came in hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope you took a little pee-pee break. I hope you washed your hands. I hope you drank some water. Mm-hmm. It's Virgo season, baby. So, um... You're thriving. I'm thriving. And I'm driving. living and driving and dying. Oh, that's why. <laughs> You're like, it explains You're everything. You're gone. You're out. <laughs> um, no, but we're back. And we're going to now refocus in on... The uh, soup du jour, this the special flavor, the saison of our podcast, yes. which is we're looking at women representation in film, and we're gonna do uh, our own creative analysis and a part about Miss Becky. She's back. She was oh, on vacation. Yes. She got her nails done. Miss Bechtel test. She's feeling good. Yes. What is the Bechtel test, though, you may ask? The Bechtel test, also known as the Bechtel Wallace test, was created by feminist cartoonist Alison Bechtel in 1985, and it measures whether a form of media has at least two women identifying characters that speak to each other about something other than a man. Okay, guys, I have said that now for 21 episodes. <laughs> so remember it, love it, ingrain it in your brain, because Tattoo from now on, I will not be explaining what the Bechtel test is. I will oh. just say the Bechtel test. She said... Wash your own dishes. Wash your own dishes. It's 21 episodes. How do you not know what it is? Mm -hmm. But did this movie pass the Bechdel test? It did not. No, it did not, sadly. There are two characters that are women. One of them is an adult. One of them is a 12-year-old child. Right, right, They did not talk. Miss Laura Dern uh, did not have another woman to speak with. And we know, we know, Peaches, that that is the bare minimum Mm -hmm. of representation in film. So we created our very own Rotten Peaches score. We sure did. And guess what? As promised, we went back, we reevaluated, we sat down, and we rewrote some of these questions. So some of these may feel familiar or new to you. But um, hang tight, and we're going to go through questions 1 through 10 and see whether they're a pass or fail. Yes. And uh, do you want to start with number one, or do you want me to start? I or should I guess? Do number- start with number one. Okay. And it'll be your last time, male gaze. Yes, <laughs> That's what I like to hear, Dr. Man. <laughs> Does at least one woman character in the film have a character arc that doesn't support a man's narrative? Thoughts. Pass or fail. Okay. Dern. Pass or fail. She's a supportive character. I would say, but she does have, like, a, a redemptive arc at the end. We see her step up in roles, and she's needed. I want to think that her arc is more about the narrative of the group rather than any yes. specific man. It is, it is group-centric. Yes, cool. exactly. And I think the big part there is the fact that she decided to step up and go into mm-hmm. the jungle on her own. She, she, saw, she shot Dr. Hammond in yeah. the foot. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I think it's a pass. Okay, big P. All right. <laughs> Big P energy. Big P energy. Um, number two, would the removal of the leading woman's character from the film have a significant effect on the plot, or is she just a prop that can be replaced with something like a sexy lamp leg? I think um, it passes. If Laura Dern was not there... We wouldn't they, have a solution at the end. No, there would be no power. It would be dead. And also, uh, she I guess she's not really the leading man, but the girl, if she wasn't able to code... Mm-hmm. They would have been dead. Right, right, right. So, peas all around. STEM. Girls in STEM. Girls in STEM. We love to see it. All right. Number three. 
Is there a woman in the film who is only used as a man's moral compass or as a way for the audience to sympathize with the leading character? Hmm. This one, I... I think, weirdly, she challenges him to, like, look past his whole, like, way of, like... His hard exterior. Yeah. But I don't think she's his moral compass. Because if she was... She would have been used as, like, a springboard for his success. Exactly. And we get to see her be successful. Yeah. I mean, he also is part of, like, saving the day, but... But I he don't. saves a children's day. He doesn't really contribute too much to the group. And the leading character, I think, changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... There's a lot of subplots that we're following. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, the most screen time she has is a peer or somewhat of a nurse to Ian Malcolm. Mm. Mm. But that's part of his, And in that his, way, like... we're led to, like, sympathize with him because he's like, oh, the poor pretty man with the buttons but i think they do that they they try to get us to be like oh a lot more with how they shot him like shirtless and sweaty and a lot less with her being his nurse like are her actions resulting into a different view we have of male characters if she was away would we still feel the same about them at the end of the day i would still feel bad that jeff goldblum got injured and honestly i feel like if this said were like kids, because the kids were used to show Grant's softer side, not Laura Dern's character. Sure. Okay. I, I think it's a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to do number four? Sure. Uh, does the dialogue of the woman characters extend beyond societal and family roles, appearances, or love interests? Yes. Super pass. Absolutely. She's a doctor. She's it's, a paleobotanist. It's and about she survival. she shoots people right. in the foot and calls them out for being misogynist. She's elbow deep in turd. Mm-hmm. She does a She thing. goes, I've never seen these plants in real life before, and they're poisoning the dinosaurs. Facts. <laughs> big ass. <laughs> big, big pee energy. Um, number five. If there are women in competition, does it extend beyond stereotypical perception of how women interact? Um, we're looking more at like there can only be one chosen woman and they're in competition with each other. Um, this is not the case. No, not at all. And Could, I would say... Couldn't be. No, yeah. Couldn't be, but also she's not even necessarily in competition with her other male peers. Sure. Yes. It's yeah, very she's, group... She... Go. Oh, just I was going to say it's very group dynamic. No, yeah. And she's actually like brought in as an expert and like they she she's there because they want her opinion. Yeah. They so. defer to her yeah. a few right. times. Okay, number six. Does a woman character put romantic interest over her own interest or growth? Hell no. No. Mm. No, not at all. She didn't even really wait to make sure they were alive. She was just like, if they come back, they come back, and I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do what I gotta do. Right, get on that helicopter. Survival. Um, number seven. Are women and or underage characters in the film displayed as erotic objects for the pleasure of the characters in the film and the audience watching? No, not at all. She's in like fun little '90s shorts, but I don't think there's anything inherently that like is a sexual. Utilitarian. Yeah, yeah, that is. A, I'm in the. I'm in the Puerto Rican heat. Sure. And she's used to working in like the Costa Rica Badlands. Oh, of, uh, she's used to working in the Badlands of Montana. Exactly. She's got. Yeah, she's there to work. Yeah. Bad mm-hmm. Bunny shows an appearance. Those are her work clothes. <laughs> in oh. Puerto Rico. <laughs> And it's just like, yeah, 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 in the background. Did Oh, my God. Speaking of her clothes, have you guys seen the meme that uh, 
gays yes. now dress like the characters in Jurassic Park. I, I, we were talking about still watching it, not to expose too many details about my life, but I honestly felt like I was on like freshman year campus at UNT, like looking at looking at the college campus. Not to ex- mm-hmm. expose details of my life. We talk about everything on I here. know. You don't need to know my location world. <laughs> um, shout out Dallas. <laughs> shout out x street and y street a- just like coordinates right we're gonna give you latitude what is it latitude and longitude and you'll figure it out okay um number eight number eight does the film contain an identifiable and non-stereotypical queer character who contributes to the plot in a significant way we do not nope. nope fail no. well shout out to um bd wong bd wong for pushing that role yes um for later younger viewers um but however not identifiable not identifiable identifiable. in this one and um unlike last season this season it we are giving movies fails right they just don't have that representation at all right so this would fail two-parter yes so big f yes big flop that leads us to number eight nine sorry Mm -hmm. hello does the film have an identifiable and non-stereotypical minority character? If so, are they used as more than background characters to serve white plot lines? I guess there's Dr. Wong. Mm-hmm. He's there. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, I and forget, Samuel L. Jackson. I forget his name. What yeah. is his name? Can we find that out? <laughs> we sure So, yeah. So, it, it definitely does. Arnold. Arnold. Mr. Arnold. Arnold. And he Ray sadly Arnold. played victim, went victim into the whole, the black character that dies yeah um movies. if we're going far back also the dominicans the first person to die was a brown character yeah. one of the costa rican workers transporting mm-hmm. the raptors at least that we see right yeah. in the movie why were the raptors being transported though that's something i don't understand i think they outgrew their pen oh yeah because they were in a different one and they were trying to find weak spots so they would okay okay, okay. yeah okay so it passes the first bit because it does have Identifi- identifiable non-stereotypical char- uh, minority characters they're scientists and right but i think ultimately a fail because they're mostly served serving white plot lines yes if i may one thing that mr arnold in the book and likely here we just don't get into his backstory he's um he's an amusement park pro and he's brought into the team because he's used to the logistics of moving people around an amusement park mm. and, you know, just the logistics of where food needs to go, where restrooms need to go, how interactive to make the... Zoo Tycoon. Yeah. Zoo ta- he is See, Zoo Tycoon. That's something that was missing in the movie, honestly. Like, Because I just saw a bunch of scientists. I was like, how the fuck do you guys know how to run an amusement park? Arnold was that character. Mm. Mm-hmm. He could make a mean corn dog. And he had worked all over the world. He'd work at, like, Disneyland Tokyo... And he was an expert in the field of amusement parks, moving people around and, you know, amusing them. So That's the job I Amusing them. Yeah. You were amused. So are we we failing completely then? Yes. Yes. I would say because it's if. So it's a, there's a qualifier there. Yeah. And I hope these questions make sense to you. Um, Leave us a comment and give us a little shout out if you think these questions are better. Or again, we always take improvements and want to fine tune and be. Yeah. We uh, know that they're a little wordy. That's why they're going to be. Oh. Actually, we'll do it in the peach cleaning. I'll figure it out. Um, number 10. And number 10. Wrap us up, guest. Was there a woman who contributed to the creation or production of the film Above the Line, including directors, producers, and writers? Yes. Yeah, so we, we, us peaches, recently discovered what, quote, above the line means. Mm-hmm. And that, like, 
uh, male gaze said. It is a director, <laughs> producer, and writer. Below the lines are a lot more like department heads, like camera, um, AD, or art department heads mm-hmm. and stuff like Which that. Which still definitely have value. I don't want there to seem like below or above, but in part of the creation process, I think um, it is important at the representation we're looking at. Can you enlighten the male gaze? What, Where did that term come from, above the line? We didn't research that um, far. We read a cool little article about... <laughs> it's just a word that people in the business know? Yeah, apparently. Okay. If you're in the biz, sound off. <laughs> no. We're in the biz now. Um, but we do have a producer, Kathleen Kennedy, up top. So we get a full P. Wow, a big old PP. Uh-huh. Bring back. Big PP. <laughs> Y'all. Um, I will say that is a heavy hand of... Um, man man works on this film but we do have a lady so yeah that's cool we have one lady mm-hmm. yay that's all it takes <laughs> we just need one well yeah i mean i'm sure there was tons um below below the line maybe there's like a more um egalitarian phrasing we can use for we'll, we'll, we'll above for and below it. but if that's the biz that's the biz baby yeah, yeah. we gotta do it. oh so, my god that brings our rotten peaches score to a What's this? What's the theme song? What's that? An eight. An eight of ten. Oh, thank God! Is it so good? Eight out of ten. It made it to the Ron Peaches Hall of Fame. Yes. Wow. We we started off strong with two whole ladies on the film. One and a half. Like every other woman was an extra. Sure. There was extra women. I imagine, like, in the very beginning when they're on... Running around. When they're on the... Oh, the paleontology site. Yeah, at the dig. Yeah. Mm. I imagine there was a lady or two out there. No, there, there definitely and was. the world's creepiest looking child. Oh, that was like... Why was there a child there? Cool. I can't get over that. Well, Fun trip. Anyway. Anyway, that was Jurassic Park. Season two. Episode one. Dropped. We hope you enjoyed. Um, maybe we'll have... Male gaze on for future episodes. Yes, we hope you enjoyed him. Thank but you for being on the pod. Thank you, thank you. But we don't really, do it again. <laughs> no, I really do hope you come back on. Please. Um, we do have a couple little uh, peach cleaning things for you. Yeah, we I were, hope you're still sticking around. Yeah, we were really excited in the so beginning. Tight. We forgot to do it. We were supposed to clean the peach before we ate it. Eat it. We ate the peach. Mm, but we were so hungry. Yeah. We so. had to eat it. Okay. Um, so let us know. What are the things we can look forward to, Lillian? Okay, so season two, guys. Um, we were supposed to tell you there was a new Rotten Peaches score, so. <laughs> there's <laughs> no, no, no. That. Um, go check out our Instagram, please. There's going to be, our our updated Rotten Peaches score is going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you will see a picture of me as Dr. Hammond. Yes, yes. Go check that out. We're going to be a lot more active on our Instagram. We know that that was a big lacking point in season one i'm not a influencer so i guys, am not either i'm learning so we're gonna do that yeah 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 we're gonna do it so. i followed stormy um <laughs> the jenner storm stormy jenner's instagram la tormenta yeah and um i studied a lot this break and i feel refreshed and renewed rise and shine um I'm now an influencer, so. This is beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, so be, we are now going to be more active on our Instagram. Our Tuesday schedule is still going to stick, so yeah. keep an eye out for that. Um, we love, for all the people that hung out during our Twitch stream. Oh, shout out. Thank you so much, you guys. It was so fun and amazing. Male Gaze was there. Mm-hmm. He was. He was there. Not Ty Dolla Sign showed up. <laughs> 
Naughty. Shout no out one to would Naughty. reveal themselves. I was asking. I mean, I, that's the rules of Twitch. You know who it is? No, I don't know who anyone was. Jesse. Huh? I'm not telling you. Ah, reveal. But we're anyway. so we are actually gonna make that a monthly thing. We have decided mm-hmm. that we want that to be a monthly thing, and so start submitting names right. they and can be like the freaking spongebob squarepants movie. yes like, the range is endless actually we can watch we crime have and punishment a suggestion Waiter. oh we have Waiter. we haven't decided what our october one is gonna be for november though Ew. we are thinking about doing fast and furious just because you want to see ridiculous familia yes but we're gonna let you guys decide which one which one we're gonna watch if it's not tokyo drift unfollow i don't know <laughs> what about um the adams family for the best retelling of the the um not the nature of thanksgiving story thanksgiving story at the oh, camp oh adam's family too i'm down mm. for maybe october for october so if you go on that november please. thanksgiving That's oh oh shit november. keep the spirit alive what if we do it we we'll do that one like november 1st so it's like a there you go a little, oh, little link, the transition little bridge the bridge the cool. bridge okay so we got that going on so um Another- we will we will update you when Twitch drops. We're yes. not gonna just like we're not just gonna throw it on you like we did last mm-hmm. time. <laughs> um, we'll give fair warning in time. Um, actually, we have our date for oh, the Twitch. Let's drop it. Uh, October twenty fifth. Yes. So be there, be square. Yes. Uh, come, beware. Come down. So for our season one, Peach Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. Hall of Peachers, Hall of Famers. Anyways, Peach Hall of Fame. There you go. Sorry. Anyways, Peaches and the bleachers. We will not be updating their score to yeah. transition to this new uh, scoring. If you want to do that in your own time and tell us what you get. <laughs> Shout out. Please You know tell what? Us. Say pese. You know, thing, we're going to leave the past in the past. Yeah. We're turning a new leaf. We are turned on the new leaf in 2021. Yeah. We are still going to honor them. So keep an eye out for a post where we're going to put them up there and you're uh-huh. going to be able to see them and look at them and... Lillian, I have an idea. What's up? It just came to me. Dress in your Halloween costume on the Twitch channel. <gasps> should we? Us? Yeah. I don't know if we can see them, but we should dress up for the Halloweener spirit. We are doing a group costume, so I'm so down. The fans would enjoy. Cool. I think they would. Okay, so, okay, okay. Fans. You're right. You're right. Okay, October 25th. That is our Halloween right. stream. We, gotta, we will be we, dressed up. We got a hot Halloween I, schedule. If for I you. get my second costume in, I will do a costume change halfway through. <laughs> oh my God. I'm yes. committed. Let's so, go. And also, finally, I think for my end is that the new Hall of Fame for season two will be starting to be posted. Like our again, our whole Instagram layout is about to change, so keep an eye out for that if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's it for it. me. That's I think that's all, folks. Right? Yeah. What else? What else we got? I mean, just freaking like and subscribe. No, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, subscribe, subscribe, rate us. Yeah. What are we doing next week? Rate my professor. If you learn something, um, next week we're doing Emma eyeballs. We're doing Zombie Land. We are doing Zombie Land. I'm very excited for that right. one. Right, uh, that'll be good. That'll be good. I am not used to that ending uh, podcast anymore. So I think <laughs> we did good. Um, All right, thank male you, gaze. thank you once again, male gaze, for coming. Snaps. We love you so Happy much. Pride, Happy, Happy pride. pride. We're proud. Hi, gay. Every day is pride. <laughs> Hi, gay. Um, if you guys got this, proud we're never going to end. Megan Stotler. Follow her on Instagram or Twitter. And follow us on Instagram. We are Rotten. <laughs> follow Most us. importantly, follow us yes, on Instagram. Yes, we are Rotten Peaches Pod. Make sure to um, go on our Apple Podcast and give us a review. It really helps us out. And Five stars, baby. Yeah. Follow us. Notifications. Mm-hmm. Do the thing. We'll be here. We love you. We love you. And so we much. miss you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Rotten Peaches is produced by Karina Salas, Lilian Citlalik, and Jorge Hinojosa. Our theme song was created by Sordelo, and our artwork was created by Lilian Citlalik. Peaches, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at runpeachespod, and uh, shoot us an email at runpeachespod at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your favorite shows. Tune in every Tuesday, because you know what it is. A new episode drops. Thanks for listening.